0: Hey fam, welcome to the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. I am your host, Tony Collier, and each series we lean into the stories of women and men that uncover their brokenness and practically show us all how they've rebuilt their lives with hope and grit. Come on, come on, let's lean in. Hey friends, it's Tony Collier and I am so proud, so incredibly proud, to announce that this season of the Still Coloring Podcast is sponsored by BART Technologies. One of the biggest mistakes that I've ever made as a parent is not taking technology and its dangers Seriously. I mean, y'all already know our kids are being exposed to some incredibly horrific things. However, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably heard a little bit about my journey and my partnership with them. I did some research on Bark Technologies through the help of my amazing Instagram community, and it has been incredible. They have been helping me navigate this world for technology for my daughter, Dylan, and one day, my little baby boy, Sammy. And as you probably know. Technology can be a major contributor to mental health issues in our little kids today. So thank you, Bark, for sponsoring this season as we discuss little kids with big feelings. Keep listening, you'll hear a little bit more about Bark Technologies later. Hey guys, it's Tony, and you are listening to another episode of the Still Coloring Podcast. I'm so excited because we're talking about little kids' big feelings, and I had to get my girl, Heather McFadden, on, who is the founder of a brand called Don't Mom Alone. We should not be momming alone. In this episode, we talk about community, how to pray for community, how awkward it is to pray for community, and how it's beneficial to have something like a resource, a tool available to help your kids process through big feelings. It's a good episode. Get your notepads out, tell your friends about it, and don't mom alone. Hey, y'all. It's another episode. I don't even know why I'm doing that accent. (laughs) I bring out the Texas in you, and I'm a Hoosier. Heather is bringing out the Texas in me. I'm going to keep all this in. Welcome to another episode of the Still Coming Podcast. Y'all know what's happening. We're in a season called Little Kids, Big Feelings, and we're talking about the treacherous, horrific journey that is called parenting, okay? Mm. Get excited about that, Mm. Um, but also the beautiful, messy sometimes, hopeful journey of parenting, and I'm so excited about this episode and this guest. Heather, how you doing?
1: It's always good to be with you. I was just That's with some I'm friends saying. this morning. They're like, "Oh man, are you nervous?" I said, "No, I'm oh, talking no. to Tony. He's <laughs> my best friend." <laughs> I'm
0: like, "I can't think of an easier interview than I could have." Well, I know mm-hmm. it, it. Like now that I'm don't take myself so seriously anymore in podcasting, I really am having like a blast. Yeah. Like I'm having a blast talking to my friends. I cry a lot. I want to just forewarn you on that. I cry on the podcast a lot. Crying's my favorite. Thanks but it's because we're talking about something really hard that's really hard for me, like in Mm -hmm. real life. Like a lot of the things I've talked about, I feel like I've gotten a little far on them. Like, oh, "Oh, we've kind of healed from that in a way. We're still on a healing journey. But this one, baby, we're in the thick of it. I got a nine-year-old and a one-year-old and I'm looking crazy out here, bro. Okay? (laughs) Just freaking crazy. Except for today because we're on the podcast and they've got childcare. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited because I remember the moment Mm -hmm. when I saw your brand don't mom alone and i'm gonna tell you when that moment was when i was momming alone when i was a single mom freshly divorced processing through trauma and abuse and all the things and i was like what does this even mean i don't know what this lady is talking about (laughs) what does she mean don't mom alone i'm feeling pretty alone right now i had i mean divorce just comes with like excommunicating from community friends i mean i just didn't have anyone and i felt so incredibly alone and so for the people that don't know, for the people that are like me, Tony, what, seven years ago now, um, what's Don't Mom Alone? What does it mean? Help us. <laughs> okay. Well, I do feel like that
1: phrase is more mm-hmm. invita- invitational than my previous podcast name, which was God-centered mom, which was Whoa, very holy sounding. deep
0: and intentional and holy. Uh-huh. Well,
1: it was from a place of I tried child-centered. I was a speech pathologist, zero to three expert person. No bueno. So then I swung to me-centered. Mommy has needs. Leave mommy alone. That didn't work either. There's no happiness to be found in full self-care, okay? <laughs> like You're right about that. You're
0: and so then right I was like, that. you know
1: what? What if I put God in the center and just kind of followed his lead on this? So that was where that came from.
0: Wow.
1: But don't mom alone, I realized I on my own journey of isolating because of my fears because of not wanting to mess up and not wanting people to see my dirty underbelly i just kind of hold myself up with my four little babies and i had a panic panic attack can't even say it having a panic attack saying say panic it. attack So crazy so crazy um in a fried
0: chicken drive through. so come on there's no I low love like a fried i love chicken. that meaningfulness <laughs> There is no low, like a fried chicken, greasy situation. Having and a I'll tell you,
1: pain. the shame on top of shame is that it was in a on a Sunday. We just <gasps> got a church. Well, it wasn't the Christian chicken that we all know. No, enough. now you figured that out. It wasn't. It was Bubba's. So I finally saw a counselor and I finally started inviting people into my real, real and also found so much freedom that I was like, This is what I want to invite moms to because we're trying to hold ourselves to such a high standard that we isolate. And instead, I've found so much grace and healing and connection when I say, you two, that's hard too. And when I release how my kids turn out to God, when I realize I'm important but not essential, then I'm not momming alone because I'm seeing Oh, God is writing their story. I'm a piece of it. He's inviting me to be a part. I am important. We know moms have a role. Counselors will tell you, tell you, tell me about your mother. We matter, but we're not the end all be all because I have friends who didn't have bio moms that raised them and they are still serving the Lord and doing amazing things. They weren't discounted just because the mom wasn't in the picture. So anyway, don't
0: mom alone. Lots of layers. Heather. That was good. <laughs> There's a lot to, un- I mean, <laughs> you know what it is? I've been onions. telling people on every episode. I'm like, listen, this season is for me. If you get something out of it, great. I'm a selfish. However, too. I yep. mean, this is, it's just, these episodes are radically changing me. Like I'm <laughs> literally morphing from the inside out. And I huh. do genuinely pray and hope that the listeners and watchers are, watchers are getting something out of it. But I just, I want to just pause for a second real quick. Okay because i just want to make sure that the people caught all of the amazing things that you just said to the core of them number 1 y'all there's you described this like rat race thing like when a like a hamster runs just around and around and around where it's like we are ashamed and embarrassed so ashamed and embarrassed and low and weak that we hide Because we don't want to have to admit that we're struggling with parenting. But the very thing that would solve that is to get out of hiding to share that we're failing and we feel really bad. and and So that someone could potentially say, you're actually not failing. And now that you can hold it with someone else, there's freedom in that and there's rest in that and there's not panic in that. It's literally the antithesis of it. Stop hiding,
1: and the healing of the shame you're carrying allows you to create an environment in your home that's not shame-based. So your kids are more whole. Because if I could go back, I would, and I could be the whole version. Not that I'm a hundred percent whole, girl. Okay, yeah, in process, but I have learned a few things that I was putting on my kids, performance-based. Be this way so that people think this, and. If I'm not healed of that and I'm still hiding and we're still playing it, doing a show thing where people can't know, they are living under that and they carry that into their next generation.
0: We are not breaking it if we don't see where it did, and deal with our own shame. Where did that come from? Why are we doing that? So my, I, look, I look myself in the, the mirror and I say, why are you doing this? This is my, This where is my new favorite book from? right now. Oh, tell me. Tired of trying to measure up. Yeah, well, 100% mail it when you're done. (laughs) It's
1: it's just talking about this like environment of shame that happens that maybe our, our parents experienced and then we experience and then we don't know how to do something different. So we just keep striving and then we feel like the failure. So we give up, but then we feel shame about that. So we go back and just keep cycling through instead of finding identity and rest in Christ alone.
0: Ooh. Okay, you also said something that sucker punched me a little bit. (laughs) You said... I mean, we're literally just still on your first sentence at this point. That's how good and rich this is about to be. I want the people to recognize it. (laughs) (laughs) We're on sentence one. I haven't asked any questions. Okay. You said we're important as parents, but maybe not essential. Is that what you have said? And are, are you saying that our desire to be essential and to be so needed by our kids is driving us up the wall. But we really don't have to view it that way.
1: And not just our desire, the culture has put into place that if a child is
0: a failure, what did their parents do? Uh Oh, and you know but That's the most, re- Laura, I'm so I'm just so excited because it's so real. It's, <laughs>
1: It's right. We see a child makes a mistake, whether drugs, pregnancy, you name the mistake you've decided to narrow in on, that we all have sin and there's no, to me, I don't see there's weighted sin. I see Jesus died for them all. They're all on the cross. They're all dealt with. But we as a society see a child move in a direction, a path that we don't think is best. And we're like, well, what do their parents do? And then we're kind of analyzing the parents. So we believe this thing. I am essential to how they turn out. I'm essential to them having salvation. I am essential to X, Y, and Z. And God's like, okay, take, take a step back. Okay, sweet girl. My
0: creation, not your Uh-oh. creation. I just am so convicted. I shouldn't have prayed as hard over the <laughs> season, I think, because I didn't realize that the Holy Spirit would be working on me so hard. Like I knew, I, like I always learned something but this time it's just cutting so deep. It's just cutting so deep for me because I think I I think I eat, sleep, and breathe being essential to the upbringing of my kids. Like I, and I, I and I think I say, and maybe many of us say, oh, I know they're gods. They're the Lord. They're the Lord's kids. But we don't believe that, and we don't act like that.
1: Well, and when I've said that phrase on a show before, there have been yeah. hosts that disagree with me. <gasps> uh uh-uh. uh which is
0: revealing. I don't know why. It's <laughs> revealing. Well, well, here's the deal. Like, I think we have to, like, first of all, this is, Sissy said this on her episode. We We obviously have to be doing our work. And as parents, as regular other human beings, big, you know, like parents, before we can even begin to think that we're getting it right for our kids like if we're actually not doing our work. And I think that that phrase, it hit me so hard because I grew up as a caregiver to my mom who had a massive stroke at eight years old. When I was eight years old, she was 30 somewhat. And I kind of became the mama. My counselor calls it parentification. I missed a whole bunch of childhood, grew up way too fast, 13, lost my virginity. I was driving. I was in the club. I thought I was an adult because I had put in a position to be an adult. And so I have this caregiver thinking me that's like if, if people don't have a Tony in their lives if my husband doesn't have me if my kids don't have me then they're probably gonna die like they're just it's not gonna work out they can't do this and it's not a shot at them it's a shot at God it's literally saying that without my presence things won't go well as if to say that my presence is more valuable than God's
1: oh I so, had that no yeah
0: yeah I had not that a- that hit in the gut
1: when we were gonna go on a baby moon for one of my kids, who knows which one, maybe the second one. And I was leaving my oldest with my parents and I thought he's gonna, some, I you know, was laying out all the scenarios of how he's going to get hurt or worse. And I recognized, oh, I have this belief. He is only safe in my presence. Ooh. So then if and when something happens, I am taking full responsibility and ownership And I think we can only take thirty percent of ownership. That's what Townsend and Cloud told they're
0: a group of people. And you can't argue with them because they're like No, they're like professional
1: people. They (laughs) they know the boundaries. But they said anecdotally they found that parents are probably like 30% responsible. And the trick is it's like marketing, you just don't know which 30%. So you just do your best and you do your work and you I think we're gonna talk about feelings. I think you do your work on your own feelings.
0: How can you teach? I mean, when I think about it this way, I'm like, I could pro- I could probably teach a fitness class because I'm excited, <laughs> right? Like, I would I mean so the, go to that fitness right? like, class. I may not even get the moves right per se. I don't like I could, going like, to fitness really, class, but I'm going to Tony's fitness class. This is what I'm trying to say. I could yes. probably do it. Yes. But I'm not an expert in it because I actually haven't been trained in it. I didn't take myself through the process to be a bomb fitness instructor, okay? And we're next thing you know, we're doing the worm in the fitness instructor class. OK, we're doing, and we're the, Tony's mad class, we're doing the worm. We're, we're twerking. Yes. I mean, so many things could go awry. It's amazing. But the expectation that they would receive the greatest amount of fitness from someone like me who did not put her work in to learn it is like nuts almost. So when we look at our children and we're like, you need to process your feelings. You need to be better at managing anger. You need to get this. And we're yelling because we actually don't know how to process our anger. I don't want to condemn nobody today. I do just want to say do your own work. Do your work, girls. <laughs> do your work. This is this is such a this is such a different podcast episode than anyone. We're having a blast <laughs> right now. And I hope that when you're listening and watching, I hope you are having a blast as well. Cause we're having a real fun time. I think it's like part one is when you
1: hear feelings or tell me what you're feeling or that language, boop, immediately cue in what thought crossed my mind. What thought crossed my mind? Because in this book, it would say, if you grew up in a can't talk home, you might hear people who feel sad or oversensitive. Feelings don't matter. Certain feelings are wrong. Not showing feelings is the same as not having them. What language was around feelings either said overtly or covertly in your experience? I think you've got to bring those beliefs to the surface or you'll never
0: get to the root of it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, let me ask you this. What is at stake if we don't get this right? Like, if we don't help our kids process through feelings by first being able to process our own feelings, what's at stake? So, the thing that comes to mind
1: is from a conversation with Vizaria Butterfield. Ooh, You know her?
0: Yes, I do. I mean, not personally, obviously. You've heard of her.
1: Yeah. So she was on the podcast and I thought I was asking one question and she went Mm. a whole different way. I thought I was asking as parent parents come to me, they want to know how to talk to their kids about homosexuality. Sorry to bring up hot topics on your podcast, (laughs) but love it. Let's go. go. We're gonna ride this thing out. And so I thought I'd ask this benign question. I mean, I have people listen to the show that have three year olds, four year olds, yada yada. Little babies, right? But they still want to know. She, this was years ago. This was four years ago. She took it to the transgender conversation. I'm like, wait, 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 what? We weren't talking about that four or five years ago, but she was, because she said the root what pe- parents actually need to talk to their kids about in this whole conversation of gender and, and sexuality is their feelings. Oh, she said, "By didn't not see that one coming, I didn't either." That's what came to mind when I saw heard your question. It was if we aren't it, telling our kids they are made in the image of God and God has emotions. And he gave us emotions and he gave us a variety of emotions. And we even, I don't like spiritual abuse, but if you want to open scripture, you could, you know, talk about the different emotions shown in the Bible. And you could say we're made in that image. We have emotions. That's not wrong. It's not, but the feelings are indicators. They're not dictators. So they get to inform our experience, but they don't get to drive the bus. They don't get to, they don't get to pick the music. Ooh. They to let us know what else is going on. They might inform us on our belief system. Man, I'm feeling overwhelmed, is a word moms use all the time, right? Overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm so overwhelmed. I should get so it tattooed on my neck, honestly, <laughs> so that no one asks. And if you haven't heard me say this before, my people have heard me say it all the time. On the feelings card we use to process with my small group, yes, we process our feelings every week, men and women together. That's so good. That's so good. If you find overwhelm on the card, it is next to a bigger word, fear overwhelmed is fear if you break it down and you're saying man i feel so overwhelmed overwhelmed," especially back to school time what are you afraid of is the follow-up question Mm -hmm. because ultimately we're overwhelmed because we're afraid we're going to fail we're afraid we're going to drop something we're afraid of people's opinions that we're the mom who didn't put their kid in the right outfit on the right day or didn't bring the cupcakes on thing or our work, we're going to fail at our job because we were balancing so many things. It's the overwhelm is the expectation of performance connected to the things we've said yes to. What, say that again? (laughs) (laughs) The overwhelm is our expectation of performance connected to the things we've said yes to. So we're afraid we will do less than we want to do on those things. Yes, sometimes we say yes to too many things and we realize And we might fail. That doesn't necessarily mean we have to feel overwhelmed.
0: We don't have to feel overwhelmed about our failures, about forgetting the cupcakes.
1: But if if you do, you have to clue in and you say, okay, what am I afraid of right now? And it just helps take it down a notch. You could still maybe feel it. But I think if we give our kids the language and we say, here are our, (sighs) I'm grabbing my pillow.
0: Are For those of you that of are words. listening, I just want you to know that Heather has a feelings pillow <laughs> up right now. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it because it has covered up her entire screen. Um, that's amazing. So
1: have a card, have a feelings. What we had on our fridge with my boys is a. Um, it, it's from Sissy and David. It's their feelings chart, you know, with the different faces. And I remember I went a moment with one of my boys and he just done something to one of his brothers. And I'm. He's just not acting repentant, right? <laughs> he's not acting like I did something wrong. He he's is, like, yeah, I, I saw it. I was there when I hit him. And <sighs> I just, I'm gonna go ahead and go. Geared week. up. I'm like trying to say things to get him to feel conviction. is yeah. what I'm saying. Finally, yeah. I look over his shoulder. I see the feelings chart faces. And I go, what are you feeling? <laughs> oh, right. It was probably emotion. a little loud. It was a, a little loud. loud. And he goes over there and he finds embarrassed.
0: Oh, oh. That really... Makes me sad.
1: So how often are we reacting or responding to an external posturing of our kids when it is them guarding themselves because they feel shame? They are feeling like they know they did something wrong. Now they feel that they are wrong. And we're coming on top of them like nailing the shame in harder because we think they're not getting it. When in reality, they are feeling it double. So this is the cost. The cost is... They might follow the path of the world that says your feelings get to be the boss. Your feelings get to tell you who you are. Your feelings get to ride the drive the car. The other cost is you lose relationship with your kids because you misinterpret what's actually going on and you and them and you come at each other with a bunch of energy. And it dist- I mean the enemy wins I think like division is his
0: goal. If you are a parent or a caregiver today, you know just how hard it can be raising kids in the digital age. The struggle is real, y'all. When it comes to balancing screen time, keeping kids safe from dangerous websites and all the countless other threats out there, y'all know it can be a challenge and it's hard to know where to start. The Bark Phone is the answer parents have been looking for. It was built by a dad of two looking to keep his own kids safe online. And let me tell you, the reviews are popping As a Bark Phone parent, you manage literally everything your child can do on their device, from who they can text, what apps they can download, and even when they can use them. The best part of this is that it's all customizable. If your child is young, you can block everything and just allow text and talk. As they get older, you can gradually add in games, apps, social media if you want. And you can scale back at any time too, if your kid just needs a little breather. Now, Bark's technology can also scan text messages, emails, other apps, social media, and alerts you to potential dangers like bullying, online predators, sexting, suicidal ideation, and so much more. For peace of mind, when your child is out and about, you can also use Bark's GPS location tracking to keep an eye on them. Not in the market for a new kid's phone, but still interested in keeping your kids safer online. Bark also has a safety app that you can put on iPhones, Androids, Chromebooks, iPads, and even Kindles. So here's what I want you to do. Check out Bark technology for your family. Visit info.bark.us slash Tony. I'm gonna say that one more time. Visit info.bark.us slash Tony. Listen, you will not regret protecting your kids here's what's so interesting as you were saying that I was just thinking about my daughter she's had some hard days in school and um, she's got some special needs and um, I remember me talking to her about what something that had happened at school and I asked her I was like, okay, so she's like walking through the story and she's like, and then this happened and then this happened. And I was like, okay, so when that happened, what'd you feel? And this was all around anger. Like this is all around, we got angry, we exploded, we said some things and did some things in school that we shouldn't have to our teacher. And she's unpacking this story. And I was like, oh, what'd you feel in that moment? Because I would have felt embarrassed if I was her. And so I was like, I just wonder if she even knows what she was feeling. And she said the word embarrassed. And when you said, That about your son, it just made me so sad and weepy because how many times have we, and we don't have to harp here because we don't have to wallow in the past, but how many times have we gotten really upset with our kids and we've spoken to this external behavior and not the internal feeling? And there's just, I think, so much more power and connection, I think I hear you, this is what you're saying, in us Speaking to the internal feeling like it just, I mean, the fact that like you literally could have been like, you need to say sorry to your brother. You weren't repentant. Come on. Like, yeah, what are you it, doing? Yeah. Pull out the Bible. And, let's like beat it. I don't know. What no. in the world? No. Like you have an ought with your brother. I mean, all the scriptures that you could have said, mm-hmm. but the vulnerability of your son saying, I feel embarrassed. I mean, it literally made me drop my shoulders. I I accepted and experienced that story differently. Because I knew what was happening on the inside of him. And if we only knew what was happening on the inside of our children, I think that there could be so much more grace and connection. And that makes me really hopeful, right? And that's literally just asking how he feels.
1: And it's also being very aware of how humans are made and kids particularly Come on. That yeah. we have this window of tolerance that I've learned about from my counselor friends.
0: Oh, I learned about it from my counselor too. Mm-hmm. And hyper arouser okay. and hyper arouser. Yeah, come on. Yes. Let's do it. Let's so do it. they let's
1: teach the people. The talking about feelings, the bringing out the pillow, the bringing out the card probably isn't going to happen if they're out of the window, either over, like in fight or flight, or they're in collapse. Probably not the right time. So all of David and Sissy's tips on helping a kid get back and regulated and into the window. And then the conversation is, so if someone's listening, they're like, oh yeah, I got to do that. And then you're you're heated and they're heated. Not going to be a good time It's not to talk about the feelings. Maybe, right? I also think it's really important when we do our processing as a group of adults is you sit and you listen and you do not say a single word until they are finished. And then you say, thank you for sharing that. What do you need?
0: Because as moms, we think we know what they need. Oh, we'll say it. Okay, actually I have this app, girl. I know you're feeling that way. There's this <laughs> app that I was, pro- it's like, oh, 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 Sometimes all they need is witness, not a strategy. Identification. Have you ever,
1: mom, I just need to know that I'm not the only one who gets a, a, afraid of, you know, my friends are all hanging out and I'm not, oh, I have totally had that experience. The end. Don't need to solve it. Don't need to say, let's bring all your friends over. We need to fix it. So, you, we don't need to fix the bad. We we label them bad and good feelings. We don't need to fix the bad feeling. I think there's a pressure I felt as a mom that I'm a good mom if my kids are happy. So, if there's sadness, if there's disappointment, if there's guilt, if there's shame, I got to fix that up. We got to move it on. Yeah. <laughs> Wrap it up, get it to up. the grocery store so that I can feel like a good mom again.
0: Mm. I wonder if there's anyone that's listening, that's like, this is awesome. I love all these tips. But I truly do not know where to find a community of people to help me get this right. And I feel like I hear that a lot, especially from the women that are in like my women's courses and my healing communities. like, well, I just don't have anyone like there's no one around and et cetera, et cetera. And I just wonder if you have some tips for moms that are feeling overwhelmed, that need other people to hold them and their feelings? Like, where do they find them? Do they go to church? Where do they need to go? How do you find so,
1: them? So my own personal journey I can speak to and the offerings, of, I think for me, it was a combination of God bringing people. You pray the prayer. God, bring me people who are in this posture of wanting to grow and to learn in this way. And I went through an inner healing prayer journey with those people And then over here with our church community our church is big into celebrate recovery which is an international ministry it's a 12-step program but it's biblically based and so those are people who have gotten to the end of themselves and saying i need god i want to unpack patterns of behaving and thinking and feeling that are keeping me stuck in relationships and and in my life and so those don't have to be big addictions those can you know, in our mind, we're like, oh, that's only for big I didn't things. realize that. Yeah, I didn't even oh, realize it, yeah. I went through, we went through Celebrate Recovery as a small group and that's where I worked through a lot of my belief systems that were causing me to control and to react in the way that I was doing that. And then from that group is where we started the process group where you weekly meet and you look at the feelings card and you take turns and you say, I'm feeling this and this is what I need from the group. And I have just found like, in those communities, you have people ready and willing. You're not trying to force someone. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, I, I think they're fine. Let's have coffee and have a deep weird. conversation. So That's like, probably not, not
0: going to work. I spilled all my guts in my story <laughs> and you just sat there.
1: And you said, mm, this is a good latte. No, not going <laughs> to That's not your person. And not be offensive is not your person. But I just think that if you're in those communities, it tends
0: to draw people who are in After that. the same thing. Gross. We're like in the same boat. Yeah, growth mindset. Oh, so. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really good. I also, I feel like I heard you say, th- this was really important to me because I'm also in one of those types of groups as well. But praying for community is a weird thing. I When I became like an adult adult at 24, because before that you just wouldn't, I was like a regular adult holding on for dear life. That's what they call young adults now these days. You know what I'm saying? Um, but when I hit about 25, I I remember being like, man, I really need, I want to get on this healing journey. I gone through divorce. I had this little girl. I was a single mom. I was like, man, I really like want community and I read something that talked about like like asking that from God. And I'm like, what do I look like going to the creator of the universe and be like, if you have any time available, could you maybe send a friend or two? Like I just felt so naive and weird about it. And then I felt extra weird because I was an adult. You ever just ask somebody to be your friend as a 25-year-old, 30-year-old? It's weird. You're at Zumba class. You're like, hey, what are, what are you doing tomorrow? But what I heard like, in your weird. statement in that
1: belief was God's too busy for my need. God's
0: too busy. This is too small for him. There's no this way. Isn't,
1: this isn't as important as other people who are going through bigger things. And you've you've kind of diminished your value and worth yeah. to him. yeah but your uh-huh. heart needs or his heart needs. And he says, I go with you. I'm your helper. I am. I want what you think this is. Yeah. Like, And so I, so of course I, if that, if, I mean, and that's not a thing outside of his will. To yeah. have Community and people.
0: And I feel like we it. think it is. It's like, there's just bigger fish to fry here. But the mm-hmm. truth is, I remember my husband validating. He's like, yeah, pray for some friends, girl. Like you need mm-hmm. some people. I started praying. And I remember literally two weeks later, I sat down in an, um a green room after church and there's this girl there and she just she was all tatted up and i was like oh this is my kind of girl here i said what's up girl what's your name so we started talking had coffee kind of find out she had gone through divorce as well she became and still is one of my dearest closest friends who believed in counseling who was a few years ahead of me in the process and it radically changed my life and then i said oh snap the enemy really was trying to keep me from this he had convinced me that i had a god that was too busy that was belittling the things that I really needed. And that community wasn't really something that you needed to pray for because, I mean, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. But it was the very thing that radically changed my life as a single mom is to have other people to share these burdens with and to point me to resources and licensed professionals that could really help me get through some of this stuff a little bit uh, faster. And so I just want to encourage somebody that's listening and watching today, like, pray for some friends, pray for community, be specific. I think you can. Some and, friends that can hold you. And I'll tell
1: you, when you're praying for it, because I believe the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see, um, I think our spirit is open to the nudges of, okay, that was a good conversation I just had. Uh-huh. Oh, they just popped in a little nugget of, mm. you know, I was in a conversation today and she popped in a little nugget about a struggle that I was like, oh, I didn't know that about her, but she's
0: willing to Ooh. openly talk about struggles. Duly noted. Check. She may make it on the inner circle. I don't know. <laughs> just saying. I'm no, just kidding. Just I
1: putting just it out there. I just think that you become, you, instead of being so wounded and, and lonely, lonely makes us not see. And so if we're like, God, I know that you're for me and you are looking out for me, help me see what you see. And the people, bring them across my path.
0: Come on. This is great. We over here talking about praying for community, y'all. And it sounds like a small thing, but I'm telling you, it has radically changed my life. One of the things that is really hard as a parent is trying to parent well with no resources, like no books, no access to... Things that can really help you process through it. And so I'm excited because I have gotten to be a part of a project that I've needed for myself. And it's my brand new kid's book. It's called Broken Crayons Still Color. It's helping littles process their big feelings. And y'all, it is just the, I don't know, that's the joy of my heart right now. Because I'm seeing kids, maybe for the first time, parents, maybe for the first time, talking about something that's been taboo for a long time. like. Our feelings and the fact that when we have big feelings good ones and really bad ones like it doesn't make us bad god still loves us no matter what and i'm excited because this book is touching the world it's being put out in target yep that's a big deal it'll be in target in stores and it's just cool i hope that you grab a copy for the kids in your life for you maybe yourself as a parent. All you do is head on over to tonyjcollier.com backslash crayons. It'll also be in the show notes. I hope you grab a copy. This is going to be a hard question because I know that you have been doing this for so many years and you're a wealth of knowledge. I just can feel that it's going to be difficult. But if there was one singular thing that rises above them all, um, one tangible resource something that for the practical patties out there um, who's like, I really want to get this right. I want to help my little kids process their big feelings and maybe not even my little kids, but like my teenagers, I want to help them get this right because we haven't done it before. What's one maybe practical tip that you can give?
1: Oh man. I know. That's what I'm saying. I know. I think the book that if you have read nothing on feelings, but you feel lots of guilt and shame over your own anger as a mom, I would read the book Good and Angry by Scott Taransky and Joanne Miller. That to me was a tipping point of oh, anger isn't bad. It's pointing me to what else is going on, and I gotta get curious. And and instead of using anger to solve the problem, I use anger to identify the problem. And that to me, for mom's I just have connected with a lot of women that really struggle with the shame and guilt of their anger, and they don't know where to go with it. They can't just wake up and be like, okay, today I'm not going to be angry. Well, that's going to last for 10
0: minutes. I'm just saying. Oh, that's not get excited. (laughs) They're going to throw these scrambled eggs all over the ground over and over again. You're going to be a little upset about it.
1: It's just unrealistic to think I am going to be an unfeeling person today. That's what we want. Yeah, Heather. I so, like. Yeah. I
0: know that. That's yeah. What you so want. instead,
1: be like, okay, when anger pops up in my heart, my mind, and I'm uh, paying attention to the warm feeling I'm getting all over my body, I'm gonna take a hot second and say, "What is going on in my environment right now that is triggering it? What am I thinking right now about my kids, about myself? Like, there are legitimate causes of anger, and then there are forced on us based of a standard that we're holding. So. Anyway, that would be my tip, tip, hot tip. And then if you, I do think having some sort of um pillow or a card of some sort available, where
0: talking about feelings is just a part yeah. of your everyday. I do just want to slide in there. That is I've there a book a available? Book. <laughs> well, I got a kids' book. We called Broken Crown, still Color in the back of it. Hello, somebody is a feelings wheel, a little color feelings wheel. And we've done tons of partnerships like with Dreamer & Co. We have like a little Mommy & Me bracelet and it's a bracelet with all the colors in the color wheel so that your kids can start memorizing and learning how to name their feelings. I mean, it's a vibe. I mean, and it's a vibe.
1: I think that we'll swing the other way probably a little bit where we're like yeah, over talking about feelings and people are like, okay, just move on. Like, stop. Talking about the feelings. But
0: I think we have so far to go. Right. This is where we need to start. We need to go this way for a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) For a little bit, y'all. Well, you're right. I mean, again, I just want to bring people back to the story about your son. Yeah. Like, what a powerful moment. Yeah. To recognize that as a mom, as a parent, I don't have to react to the behaviors. Instead, I can engage with what's happening on the inside. Or
1: assume. Assume I know what you're feeling.
0: I assume you're feeling no remorse. I
1: assume you're feeling prideful. Mm. Prideful is a churchy word too. Like, how do I know? That is churchy, but don't we say, oh, she prideful. How do I know? Oh, he's resistant to correction. That's another Mm. churchy.
0: Pride. You know, pride will kill you. He's (laughs) embarrassed.
1: Hello. I can connect with embarrassed.
0: We can connect with and empathize with and Mm -hmm. all the things, and we can speak directly into it. Like, Mm -hmm. That's, I just think that's beautiful. So start with feelings, family and friends. Good and Angry is the book, but and also it, Don't Mom Alone. Yes, yeah, Scott mean, Taransky and Joanne Miller. Apparently there's a couple versions. I don't want them to have to keep oh, emailing you. Scott Taransky. And who? Joanne Miller. See, we're not going to get that last name, Mm-mm. but it's Scott. Get the one with Scott's name <laughs> in it, okay? Because we ain't going to get that at all. Don't Mom Alone. <laughs> yeah, don't Mom Alone, get that. My girl. Mm-hmm. My girl. But also, I got to endorse one of your new books. Right. Yep. Right? Where you belong. Yeah. That's a good one. Thank you. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Uh, it's about identifying and mm-hmm. occupying your God-given
0: space. In space. Come on. Yeah. Moms, all I'm saying is when you, once you get this feelings thing right, you get your, <laughs> like, your kids under control. <laughs> but, and maybe sure. not even that. Maybe before that, Why? you need to maybe think about your own God-given space and purpose. And your where space you like dweller- this body is your
1: first God-given space to occupy. And if you're not embodying your own space and you're worried about Sally Joe over there and how she's parenting and Sissy Sue Sally and how she. she's parenting. I meet so many moms who the whole conversation is about other moms. I'm mm. like, you've got your space to occupy. How's that going? Uh-oh. What are you actually talking feeling? talking about your small group, girls. How are you actually feeling <laughs> 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 in yourself? And how That's about you start good. there? Right where you belong. Right where you
0: belong. Woo! Heather, I love you. Wait, I, I want you to amazing. pray for our people. Pray for the mamas. Okay. Pray that we find friends and I'll community all heads.
1: Friends. Okay. All right, let's do there it again. Lord, <laughs> I thank you that you didn't make us robots, that you gave us a variety of feelings and that you gave us tools and people to process those with, that you came for us, that you not only gave them to us and made us in your image, but Jesus came and felt them. And he felt them and he's, without sin, and we are just so thankful that you care for us this much. I pray, Lord, for each person listening that is feeling lonely, is feeling isolated, that you would provide the people they need to walk alongside them, to help them feel and know that they aren't the only ones. Um, I pray, Lord, that we would get curious about our beliefs, what we're thinking about you, what we're thinking about others, what we're thinking about ourselves, And that we would get to the truth and listen to the Spirit's um, whispers of our value and worth, Lord, that we would truly, truly believe that you're for us and you're with us. And that would sink so deeply in that we could help our own kids process this world and this life and their feelings. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. I love you, Heather. I'm so grateful you were here. You're a wealth of knowledge. You're a national treasure. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're a national treasure. Hey fam, I just wanna thank you so much listening to the Still Coloring Podcast. I also just wanna say that I do not do this alone. I have an incredible team that helps to make this podcast possible. It's produced by me and my lovely assistant, Amanda Reed. All of the episodes are edited by Robert Elkins. If you love the artwork and the graphics and all the marketing that we do, it's done by Natalie Maxi of Nueva Creative. Also, We have illustration show notes. Head to my website, tonyjcollier.com backslash podcast, and you can download illustrated show notes done by my girl, Emily Mills of Sketch Academy. All right, last thing. If you love listening to the podcast, you are really gonna enjoy watching it. So head on over to my YouTube channel and watch the full episodes done by my girl, Kendall Patterson of Lovely House Media. Let me remind you of something right now. Even when you're in the middle of the greatest pain of your life, Even when all hope seems lost, just know that God is in the business of healing and he is still and always will be your ultimate redeemer. Love you.